This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, how's it going? Well, Doc, I'm sitting in uh, Joburg at uh, about... 1800 meters i think you've uh, you've got a bit of elevation on me <laughs> gordon we don't often do a podcast from location but i'm at 3000 meters in the austrian alps uh on a very iconic uh, setting which we'll get into right now with a very very special guest which we'll introduce uh, very shortly so yeah you know i'm away on a little bit of holiday and uh throwing in our weekly podcast we can't miss that so today is really a special day and i hope you, you know our listeners enjoy it well, not only are you on a holiday, but you're in the front line of this of the uh, of the battle against Spectre, if I'm not mistaken, Doc. Uh, I'm looking forward to you uh, to create world harmony. Uh. <laughs> well, we got to fight the bad guys, but I mean, get, let's get straight into it, Gordon. I mean, I'm at the iconic uh, setting of one of the settings of the movie in 2015, Spectre, the James Bond uh, franchise, very famous, everyone knows it. And, and I mean, a very special guest next to me is Andreas Zunt. Andreas, thanks very much, uh, exhibition manager for a fantastic exhibition I've just walked through now, set in, in a mountain right next to one of the, the scenes from the Bond movie. Andreas, thanks for your time, really appreciate it. I appreciate it too. It's very nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks. And I mean, you know, just from our point of view, I mean, you know, taking an iconic franchise like 007, uh, it's just so well known. It's, it's, it's so iconic for many, many different reasons. One of which is the settings, you know, they just, they're just out of the world settings and then marrying it with such a, a well-known ski resort like Solden in Austria on the, on the Alps, in the Alps. I mean, it's fantastic. So let's just talk a little bit about the background. How did it come about? Uh, how was Solden chosen? And let's talk about the excitement of that time. So we go back to 2015 when the shooting started. 
we had to go back to 2014 yeah. because the location scouts were flying around the Alps all over Europe. Mm. They just saw the ice cube building. Mm. And we opened it in the, in the December of 13. So it was really, really new. And they saw it blinking in the sun, whatever. And it was so interesting for them. So they came to look what it is. Yeah. Because they don't feel we have to go to Sölden, we have to go to Austria, wherever. They're European Alps and they're really great. And so we got really... Uh, yeah, it was really the best for us because mm. nobody was thinking about it. And our boss, Jack Falkner, he knows as a Bond fan, he knows also from other countries because in Switzerland was also a cable car with a Bond uh, exhibition, not like us, mm. ours, but nearly, uh, it was in the 70s, I think. Yeah. And he said, if Bond came to you, don't ask, what do I want from me? So open your arms mm. and he has to be welcome. Mm. And uh, it was, they came once in your lifetime. Yeah. And he as a Bond fan and he knows everything and he was talking to them. And the first moment, I think, I don't know it exactly, but I think this was the first moment the deal was done. Yeah, on the, on the view of the queue. And again, Gordon, just for our, our, our listeners out there, and I mean, I'd urge you to go look up uh, the queue restaurant. It's a very famous landmark now in the region, a glass almost a square on the side of a mountain. And as Andrea said, built as a restaurant. And it is a restaurant. In fact, we're sitting in the restaurant right now. But that then was transformed, Gordon, into the bad guy's clinic, where obviously you had to torture Bond for some stage and then Bond escaped, etc. But I mean, Andreas can take us through that story uh, in a little bit more detail. Uh, yeah, and just just also coming back to the, the starting date for it all. Um, I know Sam Mendes uh, in in trying to plot uh, Spectre, realized that he had to come up with something to top Skyfall in terms of the, the visuals and, and, and just the extraordinary nature of the backdrop. And that's how they settled on uh, on Solden. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It was it was a good year or two in the planning, but they visualized it right there in, in the Austrian Alps. And I mean, Joe is just talking, besides the Q restaurant, which was the starting point, yeah. and I guess what caught the eye, there were a few other elements that were almost in the mind of the director and the producer of the movie, obligatory for this particular scene, the road, the yeah. Alps, etc. It, it was also, of course, the mountain station from the cable car because it's also designed. Mm. It's the same architect who made also the ice cream restaurant. And this was this, this amazing point. And then they, they had, to, of course, they had screening and they know what they do, mm. but they planned a little bit scenes, uh, not exactly as they were in the book, mm. because you're now on, the, on this place and then you can check, oh, there's also a street we can use. We can use the tunnel, we can use the cable car. Mm. And so they rewrite it a little bit. Mm. It was not 100% fixed. And so they were directly on our place. And then they said, okay, let's do this scene again and this scene again. Yeah. No, I guess, you know, just, you know, having not made a movie, but certainly been part of many, many adverts through the years, we know how long it takes to shoot, reshoot, get the angles right, redo that, take that. I mean, it's amazing what goes, must go into a Bond movie of this proportion. And certainly also, Gordon, the outdoor scenes, you know, you can try to control. I'm looking outside now, there's light snow, but I mean, I don't know what the conditions were at that time, whether it was heavy snowfall and how that would have affected it. But I mean, it's also the road. I mean, it's, it's amazing, Gordon, coming up the, you know, the cable car, you almost, there's almost that inner child of you that you look and, and you, you know in a strange way you want to be in that moment of James Bond you see the actual road you know you see the Land Rovers you see the, the artifacts from that movie so it's quite amazing that magnetism I guess and, and what you were saying you, your, your CEO spoke about that time when Bond arrives it's a once in a lifetime experience 
Yeah, and, and as they were here, the weather was also bad. The weather was good, everything, because the whole scenes, the certain scenes, they were built in two months. Yeah. There were 15 filming days in two months. And from those 15 filming days, they got 10 to 12 minutes of film. Yeah. And so you have, of course, you have to check the weather, you have to check the roads and everything. And if you look at the movies, you can see the weather was nearly perfect. Yeah. And for example, there were 200 people just on this place for a very small scene. Mm. Because in the scene, in the movie, you can see maybe uh, two or three actors and a few background people. Yeah. And there were 200 film people on the top of the mountain just for this small scene. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we, we know that, Gordon, I mean, from our experience, just in terms of the crew and the cast and the extras and the people, just on a what, what would normally become a 30, 45 or 60 second television commercial. I mean, this yeah. is a full length, massive Bond movie that has to be done correctly. So, again, but I think, you know, the, the reason why we're doing today's podcast, Andreas, is to talk about tourism uh, and to talk specifically about destination branding, Gordon. I mean, there's so many iconic cities in the world that have things that, that are sometimes natural wonders. Table Mountain is an example of that in Cape Town. Uh, and then things like, you know, th this particular one that is now man-made, but has become iconic in, in, in its genre. So again, you know, just for, for our, our listeners thinking about the um, the lesson for the day is around destination market, about making your destination even more attractive. Which leads me to the next question, Andreas. Talk, let's talk about the excitement of the people, the citizens of, of the region. Where was there great excitement at the time when it was announced that Solden was chosen as a venue? And, and how has it been received? It was from the beginning, Jack Falker was thinking about to make something after the uh, movie scenes. He was talking with them and said, if you got the movie, if it's finished, we want to do whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, he, he, of course, they were starting with planning and thinking about it. And all those crazy, I thought all those crazy guys is what the architecture. It was also Neil Kello as the art director of the last five Bond movies, and all the Bond uh, people. They were talking about it and they were thinking about it. Of course, what can you make? There were few people who said you can also make this exhibition on the valley. And it does wouldn't really work in the valley because you have to go on the original place yeah. where they did the movie scene. You can make it in a into a mountain, also in the valley, so you don't have to go with cable car up. It yeah. wouldn't be the same. You have to do it on this iconic place because you're really, you can drive with the same gondola. People are waiting at the gondola till the gondola with the number seven is here because in the movie is the number seven. And they're in the same place. You can stay in the same place. You can stay in the office where Lea Sidhu has been. And yeah. uh, they like it. There's so many fans all over the world and also the people from, from the valley. Of course, no. People say, yes, you don't have to do it. You can do it. Why did you do it? Because it's in the nature. But it's, uh, it's really, as for, for the whole region here, it's great. It's really great. Yeah. Thanks. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. No, that, I mean, for me, as a traditionalist, uh, you know, talking about cable cars, I'd be looking not so much for the number seven, but I'd be looking for the the teeth marks and the cable from the spy who loved me in Moonraker where Jaws had a nibble at it. So uh, have you got any Jaws cables there for me? <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's quite interesting, Gordon? And I've just had the benefit of going through this world-class exhibition now. You know, they've actually got artifacts, uh, Andreas, from other Bond movies. So it's quite interesting, Gordon. It's not just Spectre, and obviously there 
oh, you know, there's the, the Omega Watch and, and, and Artifacts from Spectre. But I mean, it's interesting to look at some of the ski suits and how it's changed through the years, the ski goggles, you know, from uh, different scenes that were shot around the world in different ski locations. Um, and also the guns and the gadgets and all the technology. So, I mean, if you ever get a chance to our listeners to get out to, to Solden and to Austria, it's well worth it, you know. And as Andreas says, even if you just lose yourself in that imagination and that moment of the magic, you know, even if you're not a skier, uh, you know, you come up on the cable car and you you, you imagine it. And, and and I can tell you now that as a, as a family, we, we on a ski holiday, we're going to now watch the movie tonight. You know, we got so into it. We said, now we watch the movie. Yeah. There's so many people they watch it before. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then they have to watch it again yeah. because now you're on the place and you can say, that's the place I've been. It's really, really amazing. There's so many people that like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, the uh, talking about, about the watch. I mean, uh, obviously, the Omega watch, uh, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, Omega also uh, sponsors of the uh, uh, you know the the Solon uh, exhibition per se. But um, that that for me was an iconic piece of advertising in 2015 with Daniel Craig. It, it kind of broke the mold. I mean, there was always a product placement in Bond going all the way back to Aston Martins and BMW 3 Series. Um, but but the Omega watch has become iconic or, or built on its own iconic status uh, within the Bond framework, which I think is a, a marvellous case study in itself. Yeah, and I think, you know, Gordon, just looking and I mean, you know, I, I mean, our viewers, the, Bogner is, is the kit supplier and we're not going to give an uh, unnecessary punt, but the point of the story is these are world-class brands that, you know, the, the museum and the exhibition have partnered with Jaguar, you know, Swarovski, uh, uh, Bogner, uh, Omega, etc. And and the nice part about it, Gordon, as marketers, you know, we understand that halo effect, cool by association. You know, you want to wear good-looking stuff. You think you look a little bit better. You stand a bit better. You feel a bit better about life. And I think it's all of that stuff. And and so a lot of that stuff has been brought through through the franchise in terms of of product placement. And people, you know, maybe not everyone can afford an Aston Martin or maybe afford an Omega, but certainly you aspire to that. And that's certainly that whole aura of, of of the James Bond and captured in the museum again that I've just gone through now and um, and you get the sense of art and art quality uh, and art and art perfection in, in, in that everything works you know the screening is all done perfectly uh, and the props and I mean there's that scene of, of Bond landing the light aircraft and the wings break off uh, and it goes through the barn now that the, the fuselage and bits of that is in the thing as with the, the Land Rovers and again iconic the, the Defender and, and the sport uh, for, for of, of that time that came through so yeah you know no make no excuse for classy product placement in, in, in the franchise and certainly in the museum as well yeah, and, and talking about product placement and, and merchandising, obviously, Doc, I'm, I'm quite excited about the prospect of my uh, my souvenir that you that you've uh, going to be bringing back for me. Um, I, I have my eye. I mean, I know that one of the exhibits uh, is is actually the Golden Gun from the Man with the Golden Gun. So you, you talked about tasteful and iconic, makes you feel and walk a bit taller. I'm just just saying, Doc. Of course, you know that the man with the golden gun had had three nipples. So I think a fake nipple would be quite handy if, if if there's any of those in stock. I was hoping to get you a bottled martini that we can shake and and not stir when we get home. But uh, we'll have to try and find you a fake nipple. Andreas, 
as we move towards the end of, of our show, you know, uh, I just want to say thank you very much. And again, you know, I want to reiterate the point to our listeners. This is what happens when you have imagination. You have, you seize the moment. You know, the moment could have been uh, sold and shot X amount of scenes, and, and that's fantastic. And it'll always live in the memory banks. But, you know, you guys and the, and, the, and the team had the foresight to build something that has got longevity, that's got memories far beyond the movie. And maybe we'll get new viewers in, get new fans of Bond who perhaps are not Bond. And that's, I think, the thing with museums, Gordon, is to preserve some of that good, not just for history's sake, but also for tomorrow, you know, is to look at it and say, and, and, and I think just to other cities and, and, and looking at South Africa, you know, looking at some of the stuff that we've done well and some of the stuff we've done badly you know some of the heritage we've let go through whatever reason you know let's rather try and find that and not just for yesterday but also for tomorrow and today is an example of that you know i walked through there energized and excited about uh just about what what is possible you know you look at the architecture the imagination the engineering the sponsorship funds the funding the ongoing the commercial all of those things are there but it's done professionally gordon it's a business that the guys are running this isn't just a hobby that they do in their spare time you know and that's the message you know for people out there if you really want to do it and you've got something a really valuable story to tell don't be shy to tell your story Absolutely, and I and I think your timing uh, in in hosting this, uh, and you know, and, and once again, thanks, Andreas, for being there. It's really good because it's in the week that you've been away, Doc, that the uh, the Joburg City Council or the Karting uh, Municip Municipals combined are, are looking at trying to create some sort of a tourist attraction in Johannesburg by building, in inverted commas, our local equipment equivalent of what would be an Eiffel Tower, and that that just seems like a skin drop. There's no a latent association with it, you know. And I think this is what I love about it is, yes, the movie was chosen to, to be shot there, but the, the subsequent growth is organic. It's real, you know. It wasn't supplanted in there. So we've got to look for our naturally occurring tourist attractions and build on those, not to try and transplant something into the space which has no sort of uh, natural intuitive uh, affinity. Absolutely, Gordon. I think, you know, spe specifically now on the tail end of COVID, I mean, we've all suffered. I mean, Andreas and I were chatting off air. Obviously, they've been close for two years, as most of the world has been. We know that to be the case. We've suffered as a country, but now's the time to get your act together. In fact, now's not the time. You should have got your act together for the time yes. of COVID when you were doing nothing. But Let's not be too harsh now. But, I mean, let's get the act together. Let's get the tourism. And my favorite, uh, well, the one the thing that, that, that disappoints me the most, I think, is the Springbuck Rugby Museum that you know in the waterfront that, that we don't have anymore. Now, I can't understand how, as world champions, we can't sustain a rugby museum when these guys put something 3,000 meters on the side of a mountain. You know, this is my, the, my point. Now, I don't want to go off on a rant because I'm actually in a good mood and, and I've had a fairly good day. And, I fall, and I've got a ski down. On this mountain, so I need to be in a positive frame of mind. But the point is to SA Rugby, shame on you. You should have done better, you know, uh, and, and again, to, to the guys here, well done. Gordon, I'm going to uh, leave you to close us out today. Well, yeah, I, I uh, am just overwhelmed uh, by the solitude of my office uh, versus your the vista of the Austrian Alps. So quite frankly, Doc, I don't think I'm going to close. I'm going to leave it to you. I'm just going to sit here and sulk. <laughs> and to our listeners out there, thanks for joining us. And uh, for those of us left here minding the store, don't worry about the doc, he's okay. 
Now, Gordon, just to, just to really upset you even more, I mean, here we are now, we've had, we have a, a cup of coffee, really, this is in the morning, okay? Next yes, week, yes. we're doing an on-site uh, podcast from the Hofbrau House in München. Now, there, I can promise you, we are not going to be having coffee. <laughs> that, I can promise you. So, if you think you're in a grumpy mood now, you're going to be in a shocking mood next Friday. <laughs> I went to the Hofbrau House for the first time as a student back in the in the 70s, and I told my, my mate that, look, we better find an apartment about five minutes away from the Hofbrau House, which we managed to do. But strangely enough, it took us two hours to get yeah. back to our apartment from the Hofbrau House, and I can't figure out what, what actually happened on the night, but it was a long trip back. <laughs> so good luck with the journey back. It happens, Gordon. You're not the first guy. And I remember in 1980, the first half, they closed the Hofbrau House for repairs after you guys visited there. So well, <laughs> so well done. Guys, enough. We're running out of time. Andreas, thanks again for your time. I really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for, for hosting us in this fantastic venue. I wish you well. I know it's going into your little bit of an off-season, and then you've got your summer season. So, again, hopefully the tourists come back post-COVID. Uh, you guys have a fantastic time. And thanks, uh, and well done once again. To our listeners out there, please, if, you, if, you, if you're interested, this is such a fantastic venue, please go to 007elements.com, simply 007elements.com, and read up, find out more, go on YouTube, and immerse yourself in this fantastic experience. And until next week, We'll catch you then. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.